Welcome to the Community United podcast produced by Sherburne County Area United Way. I am your host and executive director, Kat Sarf. Each week we chat with local nonprofit leaders and community members that are creating an impact locally and let you know how you can too. So let's get started. Hello, neighbors. Welcome to the Community United podcast. I am your host, Kat Sarf, the Executive Director for Sherburne County Area United Way. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Boyle from the Star News. Say hi, Jim. Hello, all. And I am extremely excited about our um, guest today. It is Karen Wingard from the City of Elk River. Let's see what your title is. Um, Farmers Market and Special Events Coordinator. So welcome, Karen. Well, thank you for having me, Kat. So I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before or not, but and maybe we have, because I feel like I'm always like, I love Karen. Uh, but <laughs> so when we first met, I was working on some sort of project, who knows? And um, I was talking about like, oh, how do I know what's going on? And and you're just ideas and whatever. And I don't remember who it was, but they're like, you need to talk to Karen Wingard from the city. And I'm like, okay. They're like, no, you need to talk to Karen. She's awesome. And I'm like, okay. And I think we we talked on the phone and we emailed back and forth and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love Karen. I'm like, everyone I tell, like if they don't, they need ideas or things, I'm like, you need to talk to Karen. She is like the most helpful, knowledgeable person ever. And she has these great ideas. So anytime that anyone needs ideas, I'm sending them to you just so you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are way too sweet and kind. And yes, and I would flip it and actually say, I love working with you. And all the other people too, because you guys, I don't know. I think we really are lucky. This community is an awesome community. Yes. So yeah. Yes. And I, I do want to tell people, this is how incredibly sweet and modest Karen is. Um, we were just talking about this right before we got on. So we ask um, all of our interviewees to do a pre-interview survey. Um, just so we know what to talk about. And I read it and I'm like, Karen, this is all about the city of Elk River. We want to know the fun stuff, the fun stuff that you do. So how everyone can get involved in like the farmer's market and all that stuff. But we'll talk about it. But I was just like, oh, you're so modest too. Like just add that to the list. Of <laughs> but So let's get started though. Let's talk about you, Karen. Let's talk about like, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, anything that, that the listeners, you know, just so they know who they're listening to. Okay. Okay. And I was gonna say, it's not anything great or extraordinary by any means, but um, I am uh, um, Elk River. I grew up here in Elk River, I actually lived in Otsego. And it was at the time when um, we just had the one main high school in Elk River. So it was the Rogers, Zimmerman, Otsego, Elk River kids all went there. Um, absolutely loved it growing up here. I did some stuff with the Parks and Rec Department in my teen years for fun. And that's how it kind of came full circle and looped me in as then I was a grown up. Um, married my high school sweetheart. So, um, which we didn't intend for that to happen. But I think sometimes that's the best way for things to play out. Um, went to college, went down to Mankato, um, very interested in the medical field. All my family members were kind of in that, in that field as it was too. So I just naturally, I think, gravitated that way. So um, my degree is microbiology and chemistry. So I'm completely unqualified for anything I do right now. So that, that should, <laughs> I have no educational background in any of this. So I don't know if I should say that out loud or not. <laughs> but um, but I really loved it. Um, loved the lab work, all of the 
um, like epidemiology stuff, like that outbreak movie, all that kind of stuff just really interests me trying to figure out where, where ground zero was or how did things start. Um, so yeah, then my husband and I, we moved to um, Rochester, Minnesota, and I worked at the Mayo Clinic. And I was in trying to decide, do I want to go on for the doctorate? Not, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, Mark, my husband, he then was financial planning and loved the business aspect, the wearing the suit every day. And then all of a sudden we're down there and we're like, gosh, he missed farming. I missed family. And so we came back up to Elk River. We lasted about a year in Rochester. And of course, we were like a lot of people, you know, with those big plans of, oh, we're going to go away and do, you know, <laughs> but we really did miss this city. I don't, there was something about just those connections that are here, growing up here. Um, we both really felt kind of that pull to come back. And um, so he is very happy doing farming now and loves it, um, which is the right way to do it. So he enjoys that. And then we were, the kids were little. And so I wasn't going to go back to work full time. And then the Parks and Rec team, oh gosh, so this would be 20 plus years ago. They needed someone to do fun things. So it was um, like open playtime or um, just a bunch of fun classes. We did this girl power class that um, was a super fun, actually like night out for me. because We did it once a month on a Friday with teen girls in town. And it was kind of a self-esteem building one. But I think I had just as much fun as the girls did. <laughs> in that class and yeah I don't it just kind of grew each year I would add a little bit more to my plate because I kept in the back of my mind thinking I'm going to go back and get my real life job eventually you know when the kids get older but that just kept going you know another year and another year and um yeah and then I think for the farmer's market that was probably the turning point where it became more of a actual job was um they wanted someone to kind of help revitalize the market so they looked to me and they said, well, since you guys have a potato farm, you would be a perfect fit to help with the farmer's market. So that's, that's where my, that's, that's my experience right there, or my training or education. So, um, yeah. And then from there, it just kind of grew and, um, added other events and yeah, I, yeah, I really love it. So I love living here and working here. I love it. Well, and we're so glad that you moved back because seriously, you just make all you make Elk River fun with all the stuff that you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are too sweet, but yeah, it really doesn't even feel like a job. So I do, I do like it and I feel happy to be able to do it. So that's awesome. We, uh, <laughs> we always like to ask about uh, an organization's mission. Um, and as I'm thinking about, as you're talking and I read your stuff, um, you're kind of responsible for fun in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, so, but my question is, 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 you know, what, obviously you're, you're in charge of, you know, fun things, whether it's events or the farmer's market, but bigger picture, what, what really is the mission of what you do in your job? I'm sure it's bigger than just fun. It is. And I think, you know, my, I, I do want to make sure we always hit the mark with each population group we have in this city. So just because, um, you know, you may like, you know, big events, it doesn't mean that everyone likes big events. So trying to find that, you know, that niche where we have some, you know, um, passive, you know, recreation activities, like um, when our partnerships with the story strolls and some things that you can kind of do on your own time, um, trying to find that balance between, you know, free events for the city and paid events and always being, you know, fiscally responsible. That's something that I do strive for just because, you know, as a taxpayer yourself, I feel like you want to be 
um, responsible that way. So finding that balance between, you know, um, spending the money, but still providing the best experience for the community. And I think um, that honestly is a lot through the collaboration with the different organizations and businesses, because I think we all have something to provide. And it's just finding those connections so that it's a win-win for both where, um, you know, like an example would be the our dog park days that we do at the Orno Dog Park. And um, when we started those up, it was actually when we got a puppy. So we've been doing it six years. I can always gauge by how old our dog is. Because <laughs> I thought he needed something fun to do. And so um, we, I reached out to both Spikes and Chuck and Don's in town. And they were both more than eager to participate in any capacity we wanted them to. So now that event, um, we laughed because during COVID, that was actually our highest um, attended event we had was our dog parties. um, But it, you know, it provided what's nice is now between the two of them, they just alternate every other month, but it's basically, there's no cost to the city for that event, but it provides them the opportunity to get that exposure in front of the community. Um, And the dog owners absolutely love it. So it's, it's finding those connections that I really do enjoy the most is what can we do that benefits kind of our small town businesses in a lot of our nonprofits that also, you know, helps provide the programming piece on the city side, but everybody wins then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and then with the volunteers, the Eagle Scouts, kind of all that, it's just, I, I really do enjoy finding, um, finding a place for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you do you have to be uh, do you have to do things in a process to to because it sounds like there's a lot of creativity involved in coming up with new programming and different things to do. Do you have to rely on processes for that? Or it sounds like too a lot of it's just an idea comes into your office and or an idea is maybe shared by another city staff member and, and it kind of blossoms from there. But do you do anything procedurally to try to try to see what what the community is is seeking or needing. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think it is. It's a combination of both because I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, some events that you know we could plan here on the city front um, might not be as well received as we think they're going to be. Right. But then from hearing feedback from the community, um, you're able to you know kind of modify events to tailor to basically your audience. So I do take a lot of feedback from community members um, when people reach out and say, you know what, it'd be great if we had this or we did this and how can we make that fit within, you know, what we have kind of planned for the year, whether it's budget money or um, just staffing and time that we have allowed. And if we can't get it in, you know, this year or in the next year, just keeping that on, basically that master, you know, um, project list as far as how can we get this in the future? And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but um, I'm always one for if you don't try it, you don't know um, if it's going to work or not. So I'm, you know, I always used to tell the kids too, I probably make the most mistakes out of everyone, which is fine, (laughs) but you don't know unless you try it. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of the approach I take to it is I do appreciate the feedback both from you know, coworkers and staff here and um, community members. And, but I also think too, in that same sense, it's okay to say no to people too. And, um, you know, you can't do everything. So sometimes I think, you know, um, regardless who it is, who approaches you to have that confidence to say, you know, I don't think that's a good idea or we're going to go a different direction. There's nothing wrong with that either. Right. 
right? Are most of the things you do in collaboration with others? I know you talked about the story stroll and that that's with the, the library, correct? Yeah, library in Sherburne County, yep. Okay. And then um, I know that you do um, Elk River Fest. So that's in collaboration with the a lot of different people. Are you also involved in, well, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll talk more in detail because that's coming up really soon here. But what about like, um, like the, the trick-or-treating event downtown? That's part of you, correct? It is part of us, but that one's driven a lot by the downtown, the Durba Association. Um, that, and we're here to support them. So that was something where, um, you know, we had started where we did a separate city event, which used to be the spectacular event. And the downtown would do their trick-or-treating. Um, and then that was kind of one where, you know, we realized the attendance at the downtown trick-or-treating is phenomenal. Yeah. And so, you know, instead of like spreading our efforts in two spots, you know, let's combine our forces and make a better, you know, one-time event. And so now we support the downtown trick-or-treating just at a higher level. And then we removed the spectacular event and then delegated kind of those resources and funding, you know, throughout the year in different areas. So um, yeah, the downtown trick-or-treating is definitely um, between the downtown businesses and then we support, but um, that's another one too, where it couldn't happen if you didn't have that buy-in from multiple people um, and groups. The safety camp that we just finished uh, last week here at the fire station, that was, you know, a really great combination between our community education department, um, our fire department, our police department plus a lot of other nonprofits and other um, outside organizations that came in to put it on. So I think really it goes to show any of these community events, the success is really in um, the reach of how many other groups are participating, you know, because you may have one great idea or one great thing you can provide, but when you can throw that out there and get everybody and all their greatness, it really, it just, it makes the event just that much better. And more enjoyable to be participating because it's not yes. not all on you either. So yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Elk River Fest. Okay. So uh, tell everyone, I'm super excited. I have always heard big things about Elk River Fest. My son's birthday is always that weekend. And so I haven't attended this year. We're okay with having his birthday party on Sunday. I'm going to be there on Ooh. Saturday. So tell us all about it. I have heard of so many great things. So tell us all about it. <laughs> well, Kat, now there's the pressure. I don't want to disappoint your son. <laughs> <laughs> he's six. He's easy, easily entertained. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> and I think we'll have enough to keep him occupied. So I think we'll be good there. Um, well, and Elk River Fest is one where, you know, in 2018, when we started it, um, you know, it was because of a letter that came in to, you know, basically to the mayor as far as wanting that festival back. And Jim, you can probably even speak even more so on that because that was driven. I mean, that's another example, too, of just kind yeah. of the community wanting something. And um, yeah. Yeah, that really was. It, the chamber had put something beautiful on over at Lake Arnold for many, many years. And when that went away the community really missed it. And so there was a decision made by some people in the community to say, hey, let's bring this back. So created an event uh, centered around fireworks, but then put some other activities and entertainment and food together. And it, it was very popular. Um, but as a as a volunteer effort, it was, you know, to do it more than four years was was 
pretty tough. <laughs> but I think it was it was easy for the city leaders then to say the community supports this. They're willing to fundraise for the fireworks. They're willing to come together to put this on. We can do it knowing that that those tax dollars are going to a good cause that they'd support anyways. And you guys have taken it and run with it and done such a wonderful job. Oh, well, and really, yeah, but that is, it's, it's a perfect example of just kind of finding that niche or what, what does the community want? And so when we did start it in 2018, we did the entire event downtown. And so we did the daytime and the, you know, basically daytime family activities, evening um, adult activities were all at one spot. And um, because of the, basically the growth of the event, it just, it outgrew that space. And um as any of you know, I feel like when you're on asphalt, I always think of it at the farmer's market and I have a new appreciation for construction workers that are on asphalt all day. <laughs> it is a lot warmer than when you are on grass. It doesn't matter if it's the same day or not. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, having the daytime activities downtown did pose some challenges when it came to what type of family kid activities we could provide. So then the decision was made to basically split the event so that we could have the daytime activities at a park and the evening activities still downtown. Um, and part of it is, I think we just really like the Sips on Main name for the downtown evening yeah. event. So I think it just has to stay there. Otherwise, the name, we'd have to change it. <laughs> just, you know, we threw out the idea of moving all of it to Orno Park and we were laughing. We're like, well, I don't know, Sips on Gary. It just doesn't sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> If that's the only reason, it's, it's the only reason, but, but I really do like keeping some of it downtown just because part of it was just because we like being in the downtown district. And so um, this, I think, is a perfect balance of both having, you know, some at the park and some downtown. Um, the intent was always to have the daytime part at Orno Park when we decided to move it. But then um, we had, you know, COVID happen and then we were in the middle of some renovations at Orno Park that then just became more delayed with everything that went along with the COVID and the supply chain stuff. So last year we did it at Lion John White Park and it was great. Um, it wasn't where we envisioned the event to be held, you know, like long-term. So now this year going forward, um, it will always be at Orno Park in the daytime. And what's so nice about that location is you literally you could not have any other things programmed and that park is so awesome now as it is that people would have a great time for the day. Um, but we do have a lot of things that will be taking place on um, the daytime portion of Elk River Fest. Um, the nice part is we kind of try to, you know, keeping in that budget conscious, you know, um, thought process too. It's one thing where um, First Bank, so John and Tana, they um, are always so nice and easy to work with. And I tell them one of these times they're going to have to make me work harder for their sponsorship. But they um, are always agree. They came on on year one and they've been the signature sponsor since we started the event and um, have lots of faith in the event. And yeah, so they don't really, they don't make me work for it. So um, they need to do better at that, but they have been wonderful. And so they're our signature sponsor that kind of umbrellas the event as a whole. And then um, other groups have done an amazing job of latching on to some of the smaller components at the daytime festivities, um, which is wonderful because then it keeps the event free for the families. So basically between the sponsorship and then the sale of the Sips on Main 
tickets for the downtown um, adults event. The daytime event is free for families. So you can literally come there and you can play, you know, you can do face painting, you can do inflatables, you can do a petting zoo. Um, we have a skate park show. There's, I, I mean, the list goes on and on of the things that you can do with your kids. But once you walk in, unless you want to, you know, um, eat at one of the awesome food trucks we have, which you don't have to do, you can bring a picnic lunch or you can do the food trucks. It literally shouldn't cost you a thing. And that's kind of the goal of this event is we want it to be, um, you know, a community event, the community partner area. We have such an amazing group of um, organizations that are participating in that. Sherburne County Cat will be there too. Um, so, just, a, just, just a little plug too. We'll be giving away Johnny Pop. So come see us. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> but it's just, what's nice about it is the intent of this in, event from the beginning was we wanted it to be a community event and so um just even this morning when I came in there were more community groups that wanted to latch on and what's nice about Orno Park is we have the ability with the space to accommodate um a lot of people to come to the park so it will really be it's just it's a great opportunity to get the community together to showcase our organizations and nonprofits to have a super fun time with your family. And then basically that event goes from 10 to two. And when that wraps up, you can basically the adults, the 21 plus event will start um, downtown from five to nine. And that one's gonna be the best yet as it is too. So um, definitely worth making a day of it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so what can people expect when they go downtown for the, the Sips on Maine? So with the downtown and talking about kind of collaborating with all the different departments is Joe Adet, our liquor manager for mm -hmm. um, Northbound and Westbound. He is phenomenal and great at um, great at getting partnerships and working with people. And so he is um, basically his area that he specializes in for this event is recruiting all the vendors to participate. And so what's nice is when you come to Sips on Main, the vendors that are giving away all um, the drink samples, all of those samples are things that you can then purchase at our liquor stores. So the vendors come in, um, they enjoy being there because they're basically showcasing their product. And if you really like it, you can go to either Northbound or Westbound to pick it up. So, um, and then it's kind of a full circle because then the proceeds of the liquor store, they come back into the parks department. So um, it really is kind of a win-win. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and we'll have a bean day competition, which you can still, we are still taking signups for that. The prizes are amazing, and there's no extra entry fee. It's just you need to have a sit on main wristband. They are discounted ahead of time. Uh, we're out of the VIP option, but otherwise, pre-sales are $25 ahead of time and 40 at the door, so definitely worth getting your pre-sale um, wow. ahead of time. Um, we'll have, yeah, besides the bean bay competition, we have the Minnesota Stings. Um, our Elk River Sings will take place um, right away on the stage, starting at five o'clock. And the winner of that then goes on to the Minnesota Sings event. Um, then we'll have Modell and another band member of him. He will be performing as that opening act. And then in between Modell playing and the main headliner, which is Bad Bad Hat, we will have um, Mayor John Dietz. He'll be coming up on stage. And for the first time, we're going to be awarding the Volunteer of the Year award during that so um yeah so the four nominees that were selected for that they um 
they also get a bonus, you know, entrance into the Sips on main event and then <laughs> find out who the ultimate volunteer of the year award is. And then, um, yeah, and then the main concert will take place. So. Oh, that sounds amazing. See, look at all these things that you make happen here. Oh, it's all fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be food trucks downtown. And, um, you know, we had from last year, because it is a ticketed event in 21 plus in the confines of basically the sit on main event, we will have a separate area that if you just want to come down and enjoy the food trucks and catch the music and, you know, enjoy it, but either you're not 21 plus or you don't want to come on into the ticketed piece, we will have an area set aside that will be labeled for basically the free seating area. So um, people can definitely um, enjoy the food and the music that way too. So so you start with Lake Orono with the kiddos and then, yes. and then, you know, my, my husband and I aren't big drinkers. So we'd lo love to have the kiddos with, and obviously they're not 21. So we go down, get the food and listen to the music. See, I'm, see, I'm yeah. already excited. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, and then for the parents that do want to come down to like the ticketed piece, you know, you don't have to feel that parent guilt as far as you didn't do anything fun with the kids during the day. So you can literally knock it out during the day have a great time with the family. They'll be exhausted for the babysitter and yeah. then you can have a fun time too. So yeah. you yeah. can tell you're a mom. You think like a mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want that mom guilt. So this way you don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about the daytime event in terms of the, uh, the market that's going to be down there and kind of the story behind that. And then also uh, tell me about the community partners that kind of come together and, and kind of highlight their programs for the community. And Okay. Okay, the way it so, kind of brings the community together. Yeah, so the craft fair, um, when we started the Elk River Fest event in 2018, we had a craft fair component to it that was very well attended. Everybody loved it. Um, then when we brought the event back after basically COVID last year, we um, did not do the craft fair part. And that was partly due to just the space at Lions, you know, where we were yep. setting up. We thought, um, we thought, you know, maybe let's try and, you know, with um, the furniture and things, event center and holding craft events there, we thought, you know, maybe we don't need to have the craft event at Elk River Fest. And we were wrong. I'll admit that because <laughs> people miss it. Um, I did hear from a lot of people that they really enjoyed the craft part at Elk River Fest. So I'm fine to admit that I made a mistake on that one. And so we brought it back this year and we have um, close to 40 vendors and we do have to kind of cap it off at some point just for um, that area, but it is a great selection of products. So definitely um, it'll keep the craft vendors happy as well as the event attendees, but that area will be back and I promise we'll keep it. We won't get rid of it again. So we'll always have the craft area. Um, and then next to the craft area, we'll have the community partners set up and we have the most signed up um, that we've had um, in any of our Elk River Fest um, events in this area. So. Um, some of them, well, the list, I can actually go through the, who all we have in attendance. So we'll have Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. Um, we'll have the Community Table of Minnesota, Elk River Scouts, uh, Great River Regional Library, the ISD 728 Community Education, the Moms Club of Elk River in Otsego, um, Representative Paul Novotny will be in attendance, uh, Spark to Hope and the Spark of Possibilities group. A Union Congregational Church, Three Rivers Monastery School, Sherburne County United Way with Johnny Pop, mm -hmm. and Sherburne County Health and Human Services. And then our MOPS group, which is different than the MOMS group. So the MOPS group, 
Um, I just talked with them this morning and um, they will be also providing a changing table area and breastfeeding station too. So that was a new addition this morning. And so really like when we're speaking to, you know, what, what we're looking for in Elk River Fest and what we want from our community partners, it's a great just showcase of um, wonderful groups we have in the city and you know, like the ISD 728, the community education, they'll bring one of their bounce houses and games. And um, we really developed that partnership with them and collaborate between, you know, our safety camp event. We do some other camps where we'll share staff. Um, but that's just another, like, I feel like, you know, we both provide youth programming in the city. Mm -hmm. And instead of competing with each other, it's yep. much more enjoyable and everybody wins when you work together and kind of build each other up. So right. um, I really enjoyed over the last few years, we've done more collaborating with them um, versus competition. So I feel like that's positive. Um, and then, yeah, and just having, um, we'll also have a sensory tent, um, which we did incorporate starting last year. It's grown um, quite a bit for this year. And the goal of the sensory tent is, you know, we want to make sure that we're providing a space um, that works for everybody in the community. And so um, there was a, you know, a couple of years ago at a conference I was at, they were saying, it's very easy to look at an event layout and make accommodations for um, physical disabilities. You know, it's very easy to say, you know, yep, we need to make sure we have access and ADA accessible, you know, bathrooms, sidewalks, um, entrances, access, you know, parking, um, but you don't always see um, how you can make accommodations for things that aren't visible. Yeah. And, you know, that can be varying so much as far as, um, you know, what people's needs are. And so our community honestly does, I think, a great job of providing um, resources and activities for um, any type of disabilities that, you know, whether it's children or adults um, that may have just that you need that extra little bit or modification to make it enjoyable. Yeah. So we're partnering with Sherburne County Public Health, the um, HOPE program, which is part of the District 728, and then Spark to HOPE. And so between all of us, we are in this sensory tent. It's basically will be set up that um, there'll be some different toys and gadgets, games, um, a quiet space, some giveaways, and just resources for families. So if you're attending the event and you just have that, you know, one family member who just needs that little bit of a break just to recharge and get back out there and enjoy it, yeah. this space will be set up for you because we don't want anyone not to come to the event or, you know, not to feel like we'll have a space for them. So, yeah, um, yeah so I'm excited because this has definitely grown quite a bit from what we originally started last year. And, um, yeah, and a great collaboration because if it was just us setting up the tent, I don't have all those resources or toys or games or yeah. um, that they all have in each one of them in their planning meetings we've had. Everybody kind of has a different niche and it's great when you kind of, you know, pull it all together. So, yeah. yeah. I could even see that sensory tent is, I, I know a lot of kids need like a warm up time. Like they kind of get a little overwhelmed when they see a, a, a larger group of people or a, a lot of things going on. So to get them kind of at that little baby steps in, into having more fun. I know my daughter's like that where, where she'll, you know, she, she kind of like 
intimidated at first like I don't know and then you get her doing something and she's like well maybe I'll try more and maybe and then all of a sudden it's like she's just alive so I could totally see that being a huge success that's amazing yes yeah and hopefully like you said hopefully everybody finds you know how it can benefit them you know and how it can make their experience more enjoyable at the event so yeah so we'd love to see people stop by and check it out We have so much good stuff to talk about with Karen. We are going to take a break and end our episode here and then come back next week and finish up our conversation to talk about the Elk River Farmers Market and what else is happening in the city of Elk River. Thank you so much for listening to the Community United Podcast, a production of the Sherburne County Area United Way. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. If you want to know more about who we are and how else we support our local nonprofits, visit our website and subscribe to our mailing list, sherburneunitedway.org. Bye for now, neighbors.